Welcome back to the Master of None podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. So today I kind of want to get into something that was slightly mentioned on the Joe Rogan podcast. It's about a research study currently going on in China that has probably one of the largest AI studies within elementary school. Within this episode, we're going to get into what it's actually doing, potentially the intention of it, and how China is using AI to currently... um, monitor individuals on closed circuit TV. So let's get into it. Using AI in their schools. Teachers at this primary school in China. China's pursuing an ambitious plan to create an omnipresent video surveillance network. The Shuiliang or Sharp Eyes project aims to extend and integrate video surveillance from cities into villages and from roads into residential compounds. It aims to... China is a country that has always been working on artificial intelligence and they want it to be implemented in their classrooms as well because China believes that the development of artificial intelligence education will hold a great potential to address teachers. So after hearing those clips, you can kind of start to determine that, you know, China's trying to transition itself to probably be one of the more leaders within as it relates to AI. And I think sometimes whenever we look at China, we always think about them externally wanting them to conquer the world or potentially push these, in my opinion, what is known as capitalist state-ran values or state-ran capitalism and kind of exploit different aspects of the world in order for China to take over and be a global influencer, global power, if you will. But I think we need to take a few steps back and understand one thing. Whenever we look at China as a whole, sometimes their biggest management is coming internally, right? Their, 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 their willingness to wanting to control comes internally. And what do I mean when I say that? Well, I often give this analogy just so people can understand kind of how China operates, is if you were in a neighborhood of houses and maybe all of these houses look normal and then up the road there's one house and in the front part it's gorgeous, Everybody talks about this house. Everyone talks about how beautiful the house is and how it's it's an amazing home. However, when you go into it, it's not finished. There's still drywall exposure. Um, The floor hasn't been done. It's not as beautiful on the outside as it is internally. And maybe the kitchen and the living room look amazing, but all the other rooms have a lot of problems. In my mind, this is a really good analogy to understand China internally because so much of the Western world hasn't been in China. They don't understand it at a deep level. So what they do is they start to make assumptions based on what they're seeing. And they're applying principles and confirmation bias in which they don't really know because they haven't really interacted with the Chinese before. And it's kind of like something that's really natural and people do it all the time. And it's almost comes from a tribalistic fear of being like those people one day are going to come and take us over. I'm not saying they're not, I'm not saying they're going to, but it's really important to establish that framework whenever we approach these new concepts of technology being introduced, one of them being within the school system. Now, in my ultimate opinion, when you look at it, it I did a podcast episode about 
three months ago on this individual who was talking at Dios, which is at the World Economic Forum, about how companies are going to start to determine the ability to monitor brain waves in order to get the most out of their work population. So if you're a boss and I can look at your theta different levels and determine, oh, this person's in a productive stage, they're bored right now, um, you know, what kind of input are they doing? Well, within this study program, what we're really what what is being released kind of through videos and online and what you're able to read is is that this is happening in Jingjing it's happening in the eastern Chinese province of Zhejiang province, okay? And the study is really focusing on the ability to get the most out of the students. If you look at kind of what the factors are or this video, if it is real, as we look at them wearing this AI device that's monitoring their brain waves, identifying when they're focused, when they're being productive, as well as understanding if they are, you know, if they are working and it gives a data report to the parents, it gives a data report to the teacher, and it's kind of creating this effectiveness too whenever you're seeing different facial features of what the students are doing, how often they're checking the phone, how often they're yawning. Now, whenever we see this, the big question is why? You know, this this is probably one of the biggest studies that's happening in the city of Winjo. Um it's one of the cities that's implementing the project, and the data shows that the city plans about 700 experimental schools with AI education, 60 demonstrating schools of AI educated by 2023. By 2025, the number of these external schools of AI education in Wayne Jones expands to increase 1,000 to demonstrate to 100 according to implement schemes to promote AI school-related cities. So... What is this starting to sound like? It sounds like their AI is going to be used as a tool in order to determine if the students are learning, if they are being productive. You're kind of taking a, another form of policing and implementing this system to use it. And policing within the Chinese government is as natural as anything else, you know. And another thing that is kind of strange about it is we think about Jack Ma from Alibaba. And Alibaba was a really big deal, and Jack Ma was a really big deal, and then he kind of faded from the light. But if we go back to 2017, and there's an article that is posted by the South China Morning Post, and on that article, they're talking about how um, they're transitioning. So we can see that in Hanzhou, there was actually a Hangzhou, where, where there was a school founded um, that allowed for education to be created by using these AI means of learning, so implementing and creating systems. Now, we look at what happens within these systems and what is possible going back to 2017 and nowadays, and obviously we can see a transitional jump within AI and what it's being used for. I think what really is happening is, is Ma returning is kind of strange because we haven't seen him for so long, but he's also spearheading this concept of AI learning in schools as well. So what does all this mean? What does all this mean? I think a lot of people sometimes have a hard time really conceptualizing what AI is going to be used for as it relates to different environments. Now, when we break down the power set of China, what we really have to understand is the fact that when we look at somebody like Xi Jinping, who is who is the premier president of China, 
we really have to understand that the internal threats for him to run his country are probably higher than the external threats, okay? You have a billion people who are looking for you for leadership, and there are so many blind spots sometimes within the Chinese government. We look at how different provinces have different security issues. None of them are the same. If we look at the multitude of provinces within China, it's it's it runs the gamut. And it's not like the United States where we have the same in size. You know, China's a little bit bigger, even with Alaska, but we have the state systems. We have the federal system that's monitoring the government and different aspects like that. China doesn't even have different time zones. They have one time zone. So you can understand that the reason why they did that is to streamline it, and that was actually Mao Zedong. So if you look at D.C., to put it into like kind of understand it better, it's like saying D.C. and California would have the same time zone. They're, they're all the same. And this is kind of the approach that China does to simplify large problems. You know, in in AI, in my opinion, is going to be used and implemented as a theme to do that. Whenever we look at the monitoring of systems with closed circuit TVs, China has the most to monitor the population. Okay, when we look at what China is doing now, even with these secret police sites in other cities and countries and worlds, they're still doing it to monitor the population. When we look at these AI studies, you know, Joe Rogan's implementing and saying, hey, they're going to one day rule the world because they're using AI. They're not using AI to get better. They're using AI to monitor and determine what Chinese people are doing. This is another form of you, you know, you think about the concept of neighbors telling on neighbors, but now if I can implement it and streamline into this process where I have clothes that have AI chips on it, I have software reading materials and determine what I'm being thought, what's being thinking, and then determine different brain waves, it gives different systems the ability to monitor what people are doing it's not trying to get the best out of people but try to determine how to use them the best because obviously china is going to be facing some issues the next 15 to 25 years of their birth rate and they're not going to be able to still be that that industry that can build things like consistently people's bodies are breaking down age populations getting older now too what china's facing is other countries are outsourcing them actually building um, in, in producing stuff like phones, clothes, you know, that's a whole transition point. If you look at your tag now, it might be made in Bangladesh, Vietnam, different countries like that are implementing it. So China too has to determine how are they going to remain relevant and they're going to really rely on AI a lot facing future dilemmas in order to help them become efficient. And the next part is they're going to also remain on AI to create a stronger police system. If we look at the implementation of AI software in its ability to read what's going on in CCTV, combat that with the ability to read and determine what's going on with your mind and facial features, what's happening when these schools, you know, within these, these, these experimental programs, you know, no telling what, 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 it's going to produce. And I only say that too, because when we take a step back, it's like, I did work in the education field within China. I was there as a Peace Corps volunteer and I got to work with these kids firsthand on an education level teaching English. And, you know, my initial thought process whenever I, when I, when I worked with the Chinese education system is they weren't really teaching creative thinking, problem solving, teamwork, team building, 
We didn't really have that at all. It was more of a the understanding of absorbing information from a book and then regurgitating the information from a book. If we look at their English system, and I'm sure it's transitioned, but at one point all the English system was was reading and writing and taking tests. So you could have like Chinese individuals reading English, but they had no idea how to speak it. It was, it was like the most bizarre thing I've ever seen before. And there's so many gaps within the education system. And we look at how, how much criteria is put in the test taking and the stress and in the individuals. It's like within these environments, they don't really play sports either. It's like kids don't grow up the same in Western environments, playing sports, dedicating to the team building and understanding how to work together. What they're focusing on is being at home and being educated and because an education is how you being competitive. Because when you look at the education system within China, another layer that breaks it down to is how competitive it is. Could you imagine if you were in school and there's billions, you know, millions and millions of students, there's only so many universities they can go to, there's so many educations you can get or study abroad programs based on your what you can do. And if you're not studying, where does, where does that end up for you? So the pressure for this Chinese society is getting stronger and AI is a means that they're trying to use in order to create this system of better learning. But if you sit in a classroom and someone just wants you to learn a book from verbatim and you have an AI monitor on you, is that really learning? Are we really teaching or are we just trying to absorb information in order to get through a system, you know, a system of filters created? So in my opinion, when I see this whole concept of AI being used, um, I think that there's parts of it that are really, really complex. And in my ultimate opinion, the Chinese government may be trying to help people, but they're also always trying to determine how to have a competitive edge on its people because of the simple fact that the people outnumber the actual people in power. You know, so if they were to rise up, so they have to create this whole mentality of having this competitive edge. And, you know, where's it going to go? It's like, is China, because they are a one party system, going to have the power to create like this AI hive mentality that monitors and polices its state? I mean, could we be in that time, in that environment? Is that going to happen within the next 10 to 15 years? It could. There could be a whole different transition point where AI is then used to monitor from that standpoint. And we're going to see probably a, a, a shift of how individuals view it. You know, if we even look at how it's being used today and the implementation about it, and I talk about it a lot, but I really wanted to break down what is truly happening within this process because in my ultimate opinion, what it looks like really isn't what it is. And I think there's more layers to it that are based on the simple fact of why would you need an AI software system to monitor kids learning? Because in all reality, that's why you're creating the test. You're creating the paper. You're creating an environment where they can achieve or fail. So why do I need to monitor what my kid's actually doing? I can determine what a student is not doing or what they're doing based on their work output, you know? the work output, and the teacher's ability to read their students. Like for me, education in itself is a form of where you're relaying information, you're guiding, you're mentoring. But if I'm having to put an AI tracker on you to determine if you're absorbing the information, then why have teachers? 
And that's kind of where I'm going with it. It's like, are we going to get a transition point where AI software is really becoming the teachers for these individuals? And now they're going to automate how we learn. And then they're going to forfeit the information to another system. You know, is there going to be a a point where we have brainwaves being monitored? Because if we look at what's going on with Elon Musk, potentially having this human link where we have the ability to absorb and have computing power um, within our brainwaves, you know, I know it sounds crazy, but this is the transition point. This is the point where technology is now being implemented. And if you don't have the necessary understanding of it, you could have a situation where, you know, you do have these environments where AI is now part of what the kids are going to do. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really something to be mindful of and aware of because we don't know what type of rabbit hole it's going to take us down and we don't know what the process is going to be. So in my ultimate opinion, whenever I see something like this, it's one to be concerned of, but also everybody needs to be aware of how AI is going to be implemented within our day-to-day lives and even be exposed to the most vulnerable population, which is our children. Thank you so much for listening and we'll get back to you tomorrow.